Hi there, and welcome to Satisfied Self Podcast, a podcast for persistent women who are trying to kick butt at life by better understanding and conquering their struggles one day at a time. I'm Caitlin, and I'm a licensed independent clinical social worker in private practice in Boston, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Satisfied Self. I am here today to bring you episode 11 of Satisfied Self Podcast. So on today's episode, we are going to be exploring the painful reality that we face when a relationship ends. Many of my clients are young adults in their early to uh, mid-20s, and they inevitably experience the loss of a romantic relationship at some point. Today, I'm going to share some of the things that I hear, some of the most common things that I hear from these clients, and also what I've learned um, from working with them as they process these losses. So I first want to check in about my efforts to unplug from a few weeks ago, back in November, um, when I left you with too many episodes while I was gone. I haven't had a chance to follow back up on those yet, so I wanted to just take a second to do that. So in those episodes, I talked about how to effectively unplug and also some of my favorite reads that I've discovered in my times of unplugging. To be honest, the unplugging didn't have as much of an effect as I hoped on helping to improve my technology habits upon return to daily life. I sort of um, have picked up right where I left off, but it did feel good for a little while to limit distractions, to get a lot more sleep and to have more in-person conversations as opposed to via technology. Um, It felt really great to reset and get excited about jumping back into everyday life. And if you haven't unplugged for a while, I highly recommend trying it. Um, Like I said, it didn't necessarily change things drastically for me upon return to, uh, you know, the, the daily grind. But it was such a nice little break from everything while I was away. Um, You don't need two weeks. You can do it over a weekend or even for a couple of hours at night. I read something recently where someone described their unplugging habit of just turning off their phone for a few hours a couple of nights a week. Totally doable, and it'll help create room for other interests and ways to spend your time. Also might help to break some of those habits, that kind of automation of reaching for your phone um, as a distraction or something to do instead of engaging with other things around you. So let's turn to today's topic of managing the loss of a relationship. Actually, in the second mini episode that I left you uh, with while I was unplugging, um, I mentioned the book uh, Brida by Paolo Coelho um, as a sort of spiritually resetting book. So I was actually sent Brida as a really thoughtful gift when I experienced the loss of a relationship. Um, It's really common for the loss of a relationship to bring about kind of a shake of your foundation, of your core, your sense of self. It can make you question parts of your identity, purpose, and the way that you might see yourself. Um, So that book actually helped me better understand and articulate some of the feelings that I was having while also helping me move through them. So I know for certain that I am not alone in having experienced the loss of a meaningful relationship. I've sat across from many of my clients, even recently, who are still grieving the end of a relationship from the past, maybe are currently in the midst of a breakdown of a relationship, or who freshly come off an ended relationship. I sit with clients in a lot of pain, and I hear a lot of different things from them when they're in this position, 
And what continues to strike me is how similar our fears and pains are when relationships end. So I wanted to share with you guys some of the things that I most often hear from my clients. Uh, Many of my clients say that they, quote unquote, should have moved on by now. So most of these clients are people who experienced a breakup maybe a number of months ago, maybe even a number of years ago. Maybe they're a year out from a relationship and they still spend time thinking about that former partner. I hear them beat themselves up over it, telling themselves that they, like, that they see other people getting over worse situations sooner. So, they, so why can't they possibly just let it go? They sort of question, like, why do I still care? And they convince themselves that the other person has definitely already moved on and they're the sucker who's left still mourning. I hear a lot about feeling like they're never going to be able to find anyone else good for them. The loss of a relationship can often bring about this sort of initial feeling that you can't possibly find connection that you've had with uh, that that you just had with that former partner with anyone else. I mean, it makes sense. You've opened yourself up to that person, you put yourself in a vulnerable position with them, and then you got hurt. Whether it was you ending the relationship or then ending, them ending the relationship, usually there's pain and hurt involved. And it's normal to feel like you won't get back there because it probably wasn't the easiest thing to open up to that other person so intimately in the first place. But no matter how real that may feel, it's, it's a classic cognitive distortion that's just not founded in reality. Most people are going to be able to make many more meaningful connections with others in their future. I hear a lot from my clients that the loss of a meaningful relationship um, can make them question parts of their identity. It is definitely a period of identity adjustment. I hear clients question who they are without that other person, um, how their other friendships may be impacted from that loss. Maybe you shared friends, you made mutual friends together, maybe you became close with their friends. And then what will their everyday look like now without that person in their lives? We are, we're social beings. We crave acceptance and position and inner circles. So when a relationship is severed, it's natural to feel a shakeup of identity and um, question how we now relate to other people in our lives. I sometimes hear clients talk about how um, the ended relationship was just a waste of time or a failure because it didn't end up working out. Um, this often times they they talk about this oftentimes when they're feeling kind of regret for ever having entered the relationship from the start. And I tend to hear a lot of this um, from women in their 20s who want to keep some sort of timeline that they have um, that they've laid out for themselves. So that when say a three or four year relationship ends in their late 20s, they feel cheated out of precious years that they want to spend kind of laying a foundation for years to come. It's a super hard feeling to grapple with, and I watch a lot of women feel really frustrated and in pain because of it. And the truth is that while you may have spent a few years of your 20s in a relationship that's now over, um, you've undoubtedly learned a lot about what you do or don't want in a partner, what you're like as a partner, and the things you might want to spend time working on or the things that you love about the way you interact with someone else, and so much more. The last thing that I hear about kind of frequently is this the feeling of wanting your ex to regret losing you and feeling like you want to project kind of a picture picture perfect life so that others can look at you as some badass who didn't need to grieve and didn't really miss a beat enjoying life. I think social media makes this pressure especially intense. And the reality is that if you're grieving, your ex probably is too. 
And the reality is that people grieve in unique ways. Whether or not your ex is showing it, they might be trying to do exactly what you're doing and projecting some image that they're unfazed. So remember that if you're seeing the images of them, quote unquote, moved on, it's probably true that they're putting their emotions aside while they, too, try to project that image that they're unfazed. Being vulnerable and showing that you could be hurt takes a lot. And most people find that really scary to show. So those are some of the biggest things that I hear from my clients as they're kind of moving through the process of, of grieving and, and processing the end of a really important relationship in their lives. And I want to talk for a few minutes about allowing yourself to feel that loss. The ending of a relationship um, can often feel like the death of a loved one, except that when a relationship ends, that person is still living. And again, with social media, um, they may even still be actively present in your life. You may be seeing their face. Uh, you may even be seeing videos of them um, on your phone throughout every day. So in some ways, it can almost feel uh, more intense. And given that the loss of a relationship can sometimes feel like the death of a loved one, it's some people say that um, people actually move through the stages of grief in the same way. A woman named Elizabeth Kubler-Ross developed the Kubler-Ross model, uh, which is otherwise known as the five stages of grief, um, where she kind of put out a series of emotions that, that's experienced by um, either terminally ill patients um, or people who've presented with the loss of a loved one. Um, she notes five different stages that people move through, that they first start with denial, and they move to anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. And I see this a lot in my practice, and I think anyone who's gone through the loss of a relationship can identify with these, that initially it becomes really hard to even accept it as reality, that you can't actually wrap your head around the idea that your life is changing so drastically. And you want to do everything you can to prevent it from actually happening, even though it's already happened. And then you move to feeling angry, either with yourself or that loved one. And then you move through the bargaining and the depression, the sadness, and then eventually the acceptance of that loss. And sometimes people have a really hard time moving through these stages. And whether it's because you're kind of going back and forth in and out with that relationship or for whatever reason, people can um, have incomplete or prolonged grief that can make them feel really stuck. And at that point, it may be time to seek some assistance to keep moving forward with the process, whether that's through a support group or a counselor, a therapist, um, something to help you kind of begin to move through that direction. So I want to talk about the reality of losing an important relationship and what what it is that we actually experience and what we can do about it. So the first thing that I always say to people, and this sounds so ridiculous, but it's really, really normal to be sad. It's a really normal reaction to the loss of a relationship. And there's no use in fighting it because it, it, it's an emotion that's that's important in the process of grieving. And that it will probably come in waves. There are probably going to be good days and there are going to be bad days and there might be really bad days. There might be good moments and bad moments. And it might not exactly always move in a progressive direction. You might have a couple of good days, then three more bad days until eventually the waves start to even out a little bit. 
What I say to folks as they're moving through their grieving process is not to fight the feelings. Fighting them is only going to make them more in your face, but instead to allow yourself to feel them and to express them, most importantly. Write them down, talk them out, you know, talk to a friend, talk to a family member, talk to someone else who's been there. Whether you need to talk through the same story 10 times or once, it doesn't matter. Allow yourself to feel those feelings and do what you need to express them. Use art, use yoga, use exercise. Of course, all of these in moderation and in healthy doses. The other thing um, that can also be really helpful in, in kind of facing the reality of a loss is that sometimes distraction can be a healthy coping mechanism. Sometimes it's what we need to help us move forward. If we allow ourselves to stew in the sadness for too long, we can kind of get stuck. And so using distraction can actually help us keep going and help us realize that while there has been a huge interruption in our lives, there are many other things that that keep moving forward, and so we can too. But if you stifle and repress too much, if you use distraction too consistently, um, it's, it's bound to come out somehow. So those emotions that you're stifling through distraction, they're going to come out. So there are times when distraction can be helpful in doses, as long as you're also giving yourself time and, and space to feel those emotions when you can. Um, and it can be also hindering the process if we overutilize that. I think I mentioned earlier in the podcast that the reality of a loss of a relationship is that you might feel a sense of a shaken foundation. It might feel like a lot of things you knew about yourself, about the world, about your life are now going to be kind of different. So it's important um, as we work through the, this kind of sense of shaken foundation and, and rebuild that, relay it, that we kind of keep ourselves in our, in our routine and take care of ourselves. So you might have a lot of change happening when you lose a relationship. You're no longer spending those nights with that person that you used to. You're no longer maybe going to the same restaurants. But you want to try to get yourself back into a routine and take care of yourself. If you have certain groups you attend, um, certain appointments that you usually go to, you know, giving yourself the time and space that you need. Maybe you need to call out sick from a couple of them. But then, you know, making sure that you get back into that, that habit and kind of keep your life moving, even if you don't feel like it. The other thing that, that I talk to my clients about when they lose relationships is that the reality of relationships is that, at least romantic ones, is that they don't work until they do. That that's kind of the way relationships work, that once you find that person that you're going to be with forever, it's worked. But anything before that, it's part of the process that it, it, it eventually has to end until you finally find one that doesn't. So what can you learn about yourself as a partner and also about what you want in a partner through that process? Dating and, and participating in relationships, they're really wonderful opportunities to learn about us as people, to learn about our partners as people, and to learn about how we connect and attach with others. So you can use, you know, each dating and, and relationship experience as learning and as, you know, practice to, to be vulnerable, to open yourself up to someone else and to realize what it is that you like about other people. Something I also, um, com that comes up in conversation with my clients is how hard it can be to watch their exes on social media, 
um, living their lives and seeing them kind of go on doing the same things they used to do while they were dating, but knowing that they're not in their lives anymore. So we talk about thinking about unfriending, unfollowing, blocking on social media. People should have a right to access your life. And it's natural when a relationship ends for that intimacy and that access to also end. Not everyone gets to know everything that you're doing. And it's okay to say that when a relationship ends, that that access is is then revoked. And I think that sometimes taking space, um, both physically but also with technology, can be really important in the moving on process. And uh, a last thing here that's something kind of important that I learned in social work, uh, my social work graduate program, is that actually venting, a lot of people think that it's super helpful to vent, and sometimes it can feel good to vent, and um, venting in small doses is, is fine. But in larger doses, it's actually not helpful, and it's not nowhere near as helpful as active processing. So stewing in the same thoughts will likely lead you kind of down a darker rabbit hole. But instead, trying to actively process those thoughts and feelings, not kind of harping on them and circling around them, but actually moving through them and processing them with someone or with yourself, that's going to be the help, the helpful process that um, gets you to kind of digest those feelings more and be able to work through them. So those are sort of some of kind of the realities that my clients and I find ourselves talking about um, when it when it comes to losing a really important relationship. And I hope that that if you're someone who's lost a relationship recently or if you still think about a relationship that you lost even not that recently, um, that, that there are some things in this podcast that feel like they resonate with you. Um, if at the very least, I hope that you feel like you found some company in knowing that other people feel the same way. Um, and maybe even you found some things in here that are going to help you kind of begin to move through some of the stuff that you're trying to work through in terms of your loss. So thanks for joining me here today for episode 11. Um, I really look forward to having you guys back with me next week for episode 12, where I'm going to have a kind of a little bit of a holiday episode around uh, learning how to figure out managing our families during the holiday season, because that can be something especially important uh, for all of us as we travel home. All right. I look forward to seeing you guys back here next week. Hang in there. Talk to you soon.